Section 29 of Dangerous Connections. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dangerous Connections by Pierre Codello de la Clos. Section 29, letters 141 to 145. Letter the 141st, the Marquise de Merteuil to the Vicomte de Valmont. Good God, Vicomte, how you trouble me with your obstinacy! What does my silence matter to you? Do you suppose, if I maintain it, that it is for lack of reasons to justify it? Ah, would to God it were! But no, it is only that it is painful for me to tell you them. Tell me truly, are you under an illusion yourself, or are you trying to deceive me? The disparity between what you say and what you do leaves me no choice between these two sentiments. Which is the true one? Pray, what would you have me say to you when I myself do not know what you think? You appear to make a great merit of your last scene with the Présidente, but pray, what does it prove for your system or against mine? I certainly never said that you loved this woman well enough not to deceive her, or not to seize every occasion which might seem to you easy or agreeable. I never even doubted but that it would be very much the same to you to satisfy with another, with the first comer, the same desires which she alone could have raised. And I am not surprised that, in the licentiousness of mind which one would be wrong to deny you, you have done once from deliberation what you have done a thousand times from opportunity. Who does not know that this is the simple way of the world, and the custom of you all, whoever you are, to whatever class you belong, from the rascal to the espèce? Whoever abstains from it nowadays passes for a romantic— and that is not, I think, the fault with which I reproach you. But what I have said, what I have thought, and what I still think, is that you are none the less in love with your Présidente. Truly not with a love that is very pure or very tender, but with that of which you are capable— that kind, for instance, which enables you to find in a woman attractions or qualities which she does not possess, which places her in a class apart and puts all other women in the second rank, which keeps you attached to her even when you outrage her, such, in short, as I conceive a sultan may feel for a favourite sultana, which does not prevent him from preferring to her often a simple odalisque. My comparison seems to me all the more just because, like him, you are never either the lover or friend of a woman, but always her tyrant or her slave. Thus I am quite sure you humbled and abased yourself mightily to regain this lovely creature's good graces. And only too happy at having succeeded, as soon as you think the moment has arrived to obtain your pardon— you leave me for this grand event. In your last letter, again, if you do not speak exclusively of this woman, it is because you will not tell me anything of your grand affairs. 
they seem to you so important that the silence which you maintain on this subject seems to you sufficient punishment for me and it is after these thousand proofs of your decided preference for another that you ask me calmly whether we still have any in common take care vicomte if i once answer you my answer will be irrevocable and to be afraid to give it at this moment is perhaps already to have said too much i am resolved therefore to speak no more of it all that i can do is to tell you a story maybe you will not have time to read it or to give so much attention to it as to understand it right that is your affair at worst it will only be a story wasted a man of my acquaintance was entangled like you with a woman who did him little honour he had indeed at intervals the wit to feel that sooner or later this adventure would do him harm but although he blushed for it he had not the courage to break it off his embarrassment was all the greater in that he had boasted to his friends that he was entirely free and that he was well aware that when one meets with ridicule it is always increased by self-defence he passed his life thus never ceasing to commit follies never ceasing to say afterwards it is not my fault this man had a friend and she was tempted at one moment to give him up to the public in this state of frenzy and thus render his ridicule indelible however being more generous than malicious or perhaps for some other motive she wished to make one last attempt so that whatever happened she might be in a position to say like her friend it is not my fault she sent him therefore without any other explanation the following letter as a remedy whose application might be useful to his disease one tires of everything my angel it is a law of nature it is not my fault if then i am tired to-day of an adventure which has occupied me exclusively for four mortal months it is not my fault if for instance i had just as much love as you had virtue and that is saying much it is not surprising that one should finish at the same time as the other it is not my fault hence it follows that for some time past i have deceived you but then your pitiless fondness in some measure forced me to it it is not my fault to-day a woman whom i love to distraction demands that i sacrifice you it is not my fault i am very sensible that here is a fine opportunity for calling me perjured but if nature has only gifted men with constancy whilst it has given women obstinacy it is not my fault believe me take another lover as i have taken another mistress this advice is good very good if you think it bad it is not my fault adieu my angel i took you with pleasure i leave you without regret perhaps i shall return this is the way of the world it is not my fault 
it is not the moment vicomte to tell you the effect of this last attempt and what resulted from it but uh, i promise to let you know in my next letter you will find there also my ultimatum as to the renewal of the treaty you propose until then quite simply adieu by the way i thank you for your details as to the little volange it is an article that will keep for the gazette of scandal on the day after her marriage in the meantime i send you my condolences on the loss of your progeny good night vicomte at the chateau de twenty fourth of november seventeen letter the hundred and forty second the vicomte de valmont to the marquise de merteuil upon my word my lovely friend i know not whether i have misread or misunderstood your letter and the story you told me and the model a little epistle which it contained all i can tell you is that this last seemed to me original and calculated to produce an effect so that i simply copied it and quite simply again sent it to the celestial presidente i did not lose a moment for the tender missive was dispatched yesterday evening i preferred it thus because first i had promised to write to her yesterday and again because i thought a whole night would not be too long for her to reflect and meditate upon this grand event even though you should reproach me a second time with the expression i hoped to be able to send you my beloved's reply this morning but it is nearly noon and i have as yet received nothing i shall wait until five o'clock and if then i have no news of her i shall go and inquire myself for in matters of form above all tis only the first step that is difficult at present as you may well believe i am most anxious to hear the end of the story of this man of your acquaintance so vehemently suspected of not knowing at need how to sacrifice a woman did he not amend and did not his generous friend give him her pardon i am no less anxious to receive your ultimatum as you so politically say i am curious above all to know if you will find love again in this last proceeding oh, no doubt there is and much of it but for whom still i make no pretensions and i expect everything from your charity adieu my charming friend i shall not seal this letter until two o'clock in the hope of being able to enclose the expected reply at two o'clock in the afternoon still nothing i am in a mighty hurry i have not time to add a word but this time will you still refuse the tenderest kisses of love 
paris twenty fifth november seventeen letter the hundred and forty third the president de tourvel to madame de rosemonde the veil is rent madame upon which was painted the illusion of my happiness grim truth enlightens me and shows me naught but a sure and speedy death the road to which is traced between shame and remorse i will follow it i will cherish my torments if they cut short my existence i will send you the letter which i received yesterday i will add no reflections on it it contains them all the time has passed for complaint nothing is left but to suffer it is not pity i need but strength receive madame the one farewell that i shall utter and grant me my last prayer it is to leave me to my fate to forget me utterly to consider me no longer upon the earth there is a stage of misery in which even friendship augments our sufferings and cannot heal them when wounds are mortal all succour becomes inhuman all emotion is foreign to me save that of despair nothing can befit me now save the profound darkness in which i will bury my shame there i will weep over my faults if i can still weep for since yesterday i have not shed a tear my withered heart no longer furnishes any adieu madame do not answer me i have made a vow upon that cruel letter never to receive another paris twenty seventh november Seventeen, blank. Letter the hundred and forty-fourth. The Vicomte de Valmont to the Marquise de Merteuil. Yesterday at three o'clock in the evening, my lovely friend, being out of patience at having received no news, I presented myself at the house of the deserted fair i was told that she was out i saw nothing more in this phrase than a refusal to receive me at which i was neither vexed nor surprised and i retired in the hope that this step would induce so polite a woman to honour me with at least a word of reply the desire i had to receive it brought me home on purpose about nine o'clock but i found nothing there astonished at this silence for which i was not prepared i sent my chasseur for information and to discover if the sensitive person was dying or dead at last when i had returned he informed me that madame de tourvel had indeed gone out at eleven in the forenoon with her waiting-maid that she was driven to the convent of and that at seven o'clock in the evening she sent back her carriage and servants saying that they were not to expect her home hmm. this is certainly acting according to rule the convent is the widow's right asylum and if she persists in so laudable a resolution i shall add to all the other obligations which i owe her that of the celebrity which this adventure will assume i told you some time ago 
that in spite of your uneasiness i should only reappear upon the stage of the world brilliant with new eclat let them show themselves then these severe critics who accused me of a romantic and unhappy passion let them make quicker or more brilliant ruptures nay let them do better let them present themselves as consolers the way is clear for them <laughs> well let them only dare to attempt the course which i have run from end to end and if one of them obtains the least success i yield him the place of honour but they will all discover that when i am at any pains the impression i leave is ineffaceable this one i am sure will be so and i look upon all my other triumphs as nothing if in this case i was ever to have a favoured rival the course she has taken flatters my self-love i admit but i am annoyed that she should have found sufficient strength to separate herself so much from me there will be no obstacles between us then save those of my own formation hmm, what if i wished to renew with her she might be unwilling oh, what am i saying she would not desire it deem it no more her supreme happiness is it thus that one loves and do you think my lovely friend that i ought to suffer it could i not for instance and would it not be better endeavour to bring this woman to the point of seeing the possibility of a reconciliation which one always desires as long as one has hope i could try this course without attaching any importance to it and consequently without your taking umbrage on the contrary it would be a simple experiment which we would perform in concert and even if i should succeed it would but be one means the more of repeating when you wished it a sacrifice which seems to have been agreeable to you now my fair one i am waiting to receive the reward and all my prayers offer your return come quickly then to recover your lover your pleasures your friends and the current of adventure that of the little volange has turned out amazing well yesterday my uneasiness not allowing me to remain in one place i called amongst my various excursions upon madame de volange i found your pupil already in the salon still in the costume of an invalid but in full convalescence looking only fresher and more interesting <laughs> you women in a like situation would have lain a month on your long chair my faith long live our demoiselle 
ah this one in truth gave me a desire to see if the recovery was a complete one i have still to tell you that the little girl's accident had like to have turned your sentimental dancenie's head at first it was grief to-day it is joy his cecile was ill you can imagine how the brain reels at such a calamity three times a day he sent to inquire after her and on no occasion omitted to present himself finally in a noble epistle he asked mamma's permission to go and congratulate her on the convalescence of so dear an object and madame de volanges consented so much so that i found the young man established as in the old days save for a certain familiarity which as yet he dares not permit himself it is from himself that i have learned these details for i left at the same time with him and made him chatter you can have no notion of the effect this visit has had on him joy desires transports impossible to describe i with my fondness for grand emotions completed the work of turning his head by assuring him that in a very few days i would put him in the way of seeing his fair one at closer quarters indeed i am determined to hand her over to him as soon as i have made my experiment i wish to consecrate myself to you wholly and then would it be worth while that your pupil should also be my scholar if she were to deceive nobody but her husband <laughs> the masterpiece is to deceive her lover and above all her first lover as for myself i have not to reproach myself with having uttered the word love adieu my lovely friend return soon then to enjoy your empire over me to receive its homage and to pay me its reward paris twenty eighth november seventeen Letter the hundred and forty fifth the marquise de merteuil to the vicomte de valmont seriously vicomte have you left the presidente have you sent her the letter which i wrote you for her really you are charming and you have surpassed my expectations in all good faith i confess that this triumph gratifies me more than all those i have hitherto obtained you will think perhaps that i set a very high value on this woman whom recently i so disparaged not at all but it is not over her that i have gained the advantage it is over you that is the amusing and really delicious part of it yes vicomte you loved madame de tourvel much 
and you love her still you are madly in love with her but because i amused myself by making you ashamed of it you bravely sacrificed her he would have sacrificed a thousand of her rather than submit to raillery to what lengths will not vanity carry us the wise man was right indeed when he said that it was the enemy of happiness where would you be now if i had only wished to play you a trick but i am incapable of deceit as you well know and should you even reduce me in my turn to the convent and despair i will run the risk and surrender to my victor if i capitulate however it is really mere frailty for if i liked what quibbles i might set up and perhaps you would deserve them i admire for instance the skill or the awkwardness with which you sweetly proposed to me that you should be allowed to renew with the presidente it would suit you mightily would it not to take all the merit of this rupture without losing thereby the pleasures of enjoyment and then as this apparent sacrifice would be no longer one for you you offer to repeat it when i wish it by this arrangement the celestial prude would always believe herself to be the single choice of your heart whilst i should plume myself on being the preferred rival we should both of us be deceived but you would be happy and what does the rest matter tis a pity that with such a genius for conceiving projects you should have so little for their execution and that by a single ill-considered step you should have yourself put an invincible obstacle to what you most desire what you had an idea of renewing and you could write my letter you must have thought me clumsy indeed ah believe me vicomte when one woman strikes at another's heart she rarely fails to find the vital spot and the wound is incurable when i was striking this one or rather guiding your blows i had not forgotten that the woman was my rival that you had for one moment preferred her to me and in short that you had rated me below her if my vengeance has been deceived i consent to bear the blame thus i am satisfied that you should try every means i even invite you to do so and promise you not to be vexed at your success if you should attain it i am so easy on the subject that i will trouble no further about it let us speak of something else for instance of the health of the little volange you will give me definite news of it on my return will you not i shall be very glad to have some after that it will be for you to judge whether it will suit you best to restore her to her lover or to endeavour to become once more the founder of a new branch of the Valmonts, under the name of Gercourt. This idea strikes me as rather diverting, and in leaving you your choice, I ask you not to take any definite step until we have talked of it together. This does not delay you very long, for I shall be in Paris immediately. 
i cannot tell you the precise day but you may be sure that you will be the first informed of my arrival adieu vicomte in spite of my peevishness my malice and my reproaches i have still much love for you and i am preparing to prove it to you au revoir my friend at the chateau de twenty ninth of november seventeen End of section 29